Hello, I'm Don Mockholtz, and you are listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 71, for the week of May 12th, 2021. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z dot com. Two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, May 12th, the moon is less than a day past new moon. So through this week, it will begin to emerge into our evening sky getting bigger and brighter each evening and setting about an hour later each night. By next Tuesday, the moon will be in the evening sky about 40% full and setting shortly after midnight. The moon will be next to and slightly south of the planet Venus on Wednesday night, May 12th. Both will be very low in the twilight sky. On the next evening... Thursday, May 13th, the moon will be near the planet Mercury. Mercury and Venus are both in the evening sky, and this week Mercury is the best place it will be for many months. You can find it in the late twilight sky just above the western horizon. Venus, much brighter, is below Mercury. I do not know what your twilight sky is like, But where I live in Arizona, the sky is not as blue as it usually is after sunset. There seems to be an orange glow that lingers. Sometimes a volcano, a Sahara sandstorm, or smoke from local wildfires will give us that effect. Nearly two months ago, I discussed a new nova in the constellation Cassiopeia. It was discovered on March 18th by Yuja Nakamura of Japan. Its official designation is V1405CAS. Instead of fading, which happens usually to most nova, this one has brightened and is now about magnitude 5. Get out and see it. It is in the evening under the North Star, And in the morning, it is in the northeast sky. Podcast 71, map 5, is of the Nova and Cassiopeia. And the magnitudes or brightness of some of the non-variable stars are marked so that you can make magnitude estimates of the variable star over the next few months. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week, which for our purposes begins Wednesday, May 12th through Tuesday, May 18th? This week is different depending upon your location. You might be able to see the ISS five times in one night, five times from dusk to dawn. This week, we have five zones. All you need to know is your latitude. 65 degrees north and north of that, you will not see the International Space Station this week. 
between about 25 to 60 degrees north latitude. The International Space Station is in your morning sky all week long and in your evening sky for the second half of the week. And for many of you, it makes its first evening appearance on May 14th or 15th. So from 25 to 60 degrees north, especially on the evenings of May 14th, 15th, or the 16th, you might be able to see the International Space Station five times in one night. That is, about every hundred minutes it comes by. From other locations, you might see it only four times in one night. Now this is rare, an ISS marathon, so to speak. From 25 degrees south to 25 degrees north, the ISS starts the week in the evening sky. Then around this weekend, that goes away, and the ISS comes into the morning sky. From 35 degrees south to 30 degrees north, it will be difficult to see. For some of you, it might be visible in the evening sky for only the first day or two of this week. Then, nothing until the end of the week when it will appear in your morning sky. South of 35 degrees south, you will not see the International Space Station all this week. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. Comet 2020 R4 Atlas, magnitude 9, is in our evening sky. Get out there to see it before the moon becomes a factor after this weekend. A finder map for Comet 2020 R4 Atlas can be found from a couple of weeks ago. The map is still good, and it shows the location of the comet. It is Podcast 69, Map 3. The positions, the right ascension and declination of this comet, can be found on Podcast 66, Comet Positions. You can also get the present position of this comet from heavens-above. Now for the astral class. This week it is Constellation Education, a presentation. Use constellations for navigations. That is the situation. Perhaps you have been thinking that unaided eye observation is similar to having a cell phone with 1G service, while using a telescope is 5G. That just using your eyes is inferior to using a telescope. That is untrue. The eyes alone are superior to the telescope for some types of viewing, such as watching meteor showers and learning the constellations. Today we talk about constellations. A constellation is a pattern of stars, in this case an officially recognized pattern of stars. There are 88 constellations, there are stick figures in the sky. They were established by the International Astronomical Union, or the IAU, in 1930. That's like the Constellation Articles of Incorporation. As you get more involved in astronomy, you learn some of the major constellations. This week, the maps 
Podcast 71, maps 1, 2, 3, and 4, show not just the Constellation stick figures, which we do every week, but also this week we see the boundaries. Boundaries are important, both in the sky and in relationships. Every square inch of the sky is in one of the 88 constellations. No space is outside of any constellation boundary. So when someone says a new comet has been discovered in Leo, that means it was found inside the borders of the constellation Leo. Meteor showers are identified by the constellation from which they seem to stream. Planets travel through the constellations. Presently, the Sun is in Taurus, as are Mercury and Venus, while Mars is in Gemini. In the morning sky, Saturn is in Capricornus and Jupiter is in Aquarius. This week, the Moon, impatient to stand still, visits a new constellation nearly every other night. This week, the moon is in Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, and into Leo. That moon really gets around. The jargon of astronomers includes the constellation names, and yes, some are difficult to pronounce. But it is good to know the major constellations, like knowing the main streets in your town. You do not need to know all of them, but just the major ones. A line called the ecliptic runs through some of them, and the ecliptic is drawn on our maps, so trace it out and learn those constellations. They are the zodiac constellations. Again, this is the path the sun, moon, and planets take around the sky, so get to know these constellations. You might notice that after Scorpius, the sun and company travel through the constellation Opayucus, the 13th constellation in the zodiac. The IAU established the boundaries, but not the lines between the stars. The stick figures can be drawn in any number of ways, and some computer and app-based programs allow you to choose which version of stick figures you want. The maps I use in this podcast are from a planetarium program called the sky, and the constellation stick figures are based upon the ones used by Sky and Telescope magazine. I suppose at this point I should probably tell you that when you look up at night and you see the stars, you don't see the lines connecting the stars. But I'm not going to say that because I've been doing astronomy for a long time. When I look at Orion or the Big Dipper, I, I easily imagine the lines connecting the stars. They're not really there, but in my mind, they seem to be drawn in. The four all-sky star maps, Podcast 71, maps 1, 2, 3, and 4, cover much of the sky. Maps 1 and 2 show the evening and morning sky from the northern hemisphere, as seen from 35 degrees north latitude. Maps 3 and 4 show the evening and morning sky as seen from the southern hemisphere, 35 degrees south. 
Some constellations visible in the northern hemisphere are not visible in the southern hemisphere and vice versa. Every week, learn a new constellation, and in a year, you'll know all you ever need to know. Well, unless you travel to the opposite hemisphere. Next week, I will discuss magnitude and distance. With the moon in the evening sky this week, let's look at a most interesting lunar feature. It will not be illuminated until this weekend, Saturday, May 15th. It is a pair of small, recent, well, by recent, within the last billion years, impact craters and a bright ray extending away from them. The name of these craters is Messier and Messier A. They are identified on Podcast 71, Map 6. They may be visible in a pair of binoculars, but a telescope will really bring out the details. Two craters. The one closest to the limb, the edge of the moon, is simply known as Messier, named after the comet hunter Charles Messier. It measures 12 by 12 kilometers at 7 by 7 miles in size. Next to that crater is another crater known as Messier A. It actually appears to be one crater upon another. And this feature measures 13 by 11 kilometers, which is about 8 by 7 miles. Your city could probably fit in this crater. Look at this carefully. You are not seeing double. Then there are rays. They extend from this crater for nearly 100 kilometers. That's about 60 miles. This whole complex is very interesting. So... How did it form? The theory has been that it was a meteor making a glancing blow, hitting the moon and creating Messier, then skipping and falling again and making Messier A. The ray pattern seems to show a spray from this glancing hit. There is another theory. Yes, it could have been a glancing or low-angle hit, but it was done by two or three projectiles. Just as many asteroids are now known to be binary, that is, two asteroids when we thought there was only one, and periodic comet Shoemaker-Levy 9, which hit Jupiter in 1994, consisted of more than 20 fragments before it hit Jupiter, so too we probably have a hit by a multi-nucleus object. It now seems very obvious, and the real mystery is why we do not see more of them. So take a look at Messier and Messier A this weekend, or during the next week, and ponder the possibilities. This podcast takes effect on May 12, 2021. Every podcast I do is from Wednesday to the following Tuesday. So you have time, if you observe mainly on the weekends, to plan your weekend observing. This Wednesday, May 12th, is the 35th anniversary of my third comet discovery. This comet, upon discovery, was known as 1986E. It turned out to be a periodic comet, coming closer to the sun than any known periodic comet at the time. 
and it orbits the sun every five and a quarter years. It was later given the name 96P. That permanent designation supersedes what it was known as before, Periodic Comet Mockholtz, or Periodic Comet Mockholtz 1. This comet is a rather strange comet. It is the brightest periodic comet on a regular basis as it goes seven times closer to the sun than we are, and when it does, it gets to about zero to second magnitude. Studies show that this comet seems to be connected to eight meteor showers, most of them minor meteor showers, but a few major ones. It seems to be connected to an asteroid. It seems to be connected to two groups of comets, two comet groups. Altogether, this is known as the Mockholtz Complex. Look it up, the Mockholtz Complex. It consists of all these items. So 35 years ago from Loma Prieta, a mountain in central California between Santa Cruz and San Jose, is from where I discovered this comet using my big home-built binoculars. At the time, the comet was about 10th magnitude and 2 degrees south of the Andromeda galaxy in the morning sky. Like I suspect most comet hunters do, I remember the anniversaries of my comet discoveries much as a person remembers the birthdays of their children. The story of the discovery of comet 1986E or 96P is found on my website, as are the discovery stories of all the 12 comets that I've visually discovered since 1975. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? This is a real happening week. The moon is beginning to make itself known in the evening sky. Mercury and Venus are also low in the western sky as twilight proceeds. This is our last good moonless week to see Comet Atlas. Learn some constellations and see the craters Messier and Messier A on the moon this weekend. And do an International Space Station Marathon. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 71. For May 12, 2021, I'm Don Mockholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. You can contact me at dontheastronomer at gmail.com. Once again, that is dontheastronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We will discuss what's up in the sky, watch Mercury and Venus close in on each other, And in our astral class, we'll learn about magnitude, which is brightness, and distance. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.